As I walked down to Chatham Street, a fair maid I did meet. She asked me to see her home, she looked and blinked straight to me away. Santi, my dear Annie, oh, you New York girls, can you dance the polka? The Long Haul Podcast, America's Irish Voice. Interviews with inspiring immigrants, renowned Irish personalities, and discussions on all things Irish America. Presented by Michael Dorgan and Johnny Kennedy. In this week's podcast, Frank Brady returns to us to give us an update on the GA Championship scene and gives us a rundown on the county finals taking place this Sunday in Gaelic Park. I'll kick off there. So, Frank, thanks very much for coming on the Long Haul podcast, giving us a preview for what's a feast of GAA up in Gaelic Park this coming Sunday with three county finals in store. There is the hurling, junior hurling final, and then there is the senior football final followed by the senior hurling final. But Frank, I just wanted to touch base on you on what's been happening since you came on the podcast last. Uh, there's been silverware given out already last Saturday. There was a new intermediate county champions crowned with, um, when Brooklyn took the, the intermediate gong. So uh, I heard it was a a bruising and tough, tough affair. Not for the faint-hearted, you you wrote on the Irish Voice and uh, and uh, the Irish Echo. So I'll, I'll give us a brief overview on what happened there. Yeah, it was a very exciting game, a, t- a tough game. And as I said, no place for players would wing mirrors in it. And uh, it went ri- right down to the wire. The, the issue could have gone any way. But uh, Brooklyn managed to get a goal at a critical time, which definitely ha- helped to see them over the line. But as I said, the game could have gone either way and it was a very competitive, intense, hard-fought battle, each side giving their best. Nothing was left behind. And there was a few 45s from uh, the keeper, uh, Cunningham, there. I heard he was uh, being compared to uh, Stephen Cluxton. And yes, the- yes. As a matter of fact, uh, that pr- comment came from the press box. Uh, he sauntered up the field and with all the coolness in the world, he belted over uh, 245s. And they were absolutely critical on a day when scores were very, very hard to come by because defences tend to dominate. And he had lots to spare when he kicked them over. So. Okay, and it was a close game. And how did the Intermediate Championship pan out in the overall um, this year? I would say the Intermediate Championship was the most competitive of any of the divisions. Uh, most games uh, you know, were critically important and went right down to the wire. There were, there were really no wipeouts. Everybody was in with a realistic chance until you know, the later stages of the competition. Okay, fantastic. And there were six, six teams, I think, involved in the intermediate this year, was it, Frank? Yeah, that's, that's, that's correct, yes. And, of, cor- of course, um, the, it, uh, the two best teams uh, definitely uh, got to the final. Okay, cool. So, um, on we go, so to, um, of course, sorry, on we go to this Sunday, but, of course, the precursor was last Sunday when the senior football uh, county final took place between St. Barnabas, the All-American team, and the reigning champion, Sligo. Uh, a ding-dong affair, went right to the wire after 60 minutes and even extra time couldn't separate them. must have been a, a real, real nail-biter. It certainly was, and it was an absolutely wonderful exhibition of football. There were some great scores uh, scored by either side, and one in particular that kind of got the, the Barnabas momentum going was one from young Mike Brozzi collected the ball out on the left wing, uh, left several players in his wake and belted the ball confidently over the bar from about 45 to 50 yards. Now, both sides uh, could claim that they, that they should have won, and rightly so. Uh, I know Barnabas missed a few opportunities. They were kind of goal-hungry at stages. 
But then again, uh, Sligo had a few frees that dropped short that normally uh, would have gone over. One of the things that was noticeable, I think, that the bit of experience seemed to help Sligo. Uh, Johnny Glynn was strategically planted uh, in front of the goals and he executed the mark extremely well, whilst uh, Barnabas uh, had a number of opportunities to call a mark and didn't. But I think the experience of last Sunday will stand them in good stead for this coming battle on Sunday. Okay, and um, do, you th- do you think, uh, has there been any injuries on either side coming out of last week's game that you're aware of? I suppose they're keeping their cards close to their chest. No, I just, I just met my neighbour who lives down the street here, Connor Hogan, and he says they're all fit and well to go on Sunday and hope to deliver the goods. So I would just say, um, just for people who'd like to come out and look at the replay this Sunday, there's fantastic news announced yesterday by the company board here. Um, the, all three finals are going to be streamed online on the New York GA uh, Facebook page this Sunday. So uh, I spoke to Joan Henchy last night and she wanted to um, advise people to, if they can, to watch it online as, of course, um, with the COVID restrictions, um, she wants everyone to stay safe. Uh, so that's why that's one of the main driver why the streaming has been, been, been provided for people this Sunday. There won't be a cap on people entering the, the grounds and I'm sure there will be a, a large... Barnabas contingent up there again, but she was just saying that the, the streaming service is available and she hopes that people do avail of that. So Frank, just uh, let people know there is a couple, of course there is, it's, it's an all-American team, Barnabas. I suppose Sligo, everyone wanted, maybe the neutrals wanted Sligo to win their first championship last year. This year, the roles are reversed. I think everyone, all the neutrals in New York want um, Barnabas to clinch that first title, being an all-American team. Um, there's, of course, the Matter brothers will be known to a few and the Hogan brothers there. So just to tell us what, what's, what's history beckons, what's at stake for these young lads this Sunday? Yeah, this, this is certainly a very unprecedented final uh, where you have an All-American, as you said, an All-American-born squad versus a more traditional squad that would have predominantly uh, Irish-born players. But having said that, they also have three American-born players in, in their ranks. Stephen Curley, Daniel McKenna, and Shane Queen, and they're all American-born players that are playing with Sligo. Uh, The interesting thing about Sligo, Sligo were in the doldrums for a number of years, and then two years ago, uh, they came up and won the intermediate, and they followed that up last year with the senior, and of course, they're very anxious to repeat. Now, Barnabas have been senior since 2015 when they won the intermediate, and uh, they have always been competitive. And in past years, they would have won a couple of games early on, But then once the summer sanctions came and the students, uh, they tended to be at a disadvantage because they always clung very closely to to their core values, which is protecting and playing their own players. And they were never as competitive in the later part. But this year, uh, due to the COVID virus, uh, there was no invasion of sanctioned players or students. So Barnabas uh, are evidently one of the top teams in New York when you look at the local talent that they have here. Now, one very interesting thing about Sunday would be the position of Larry McCarthy. Of course, Larry is the uh, the incoming president of the GAA. And I think uh, under normal circumstances, Larry might be very happy uh, to see an American-born team win. But the other side of the coin is that Larry has been part, a major part of the Sligo team, of the Sligo club for the last, I guess, four decades, having started off as a player and being a manager and probably held every position in between over the years. So it's definitely a very intriguing uh, contest on Sunday. And I know it's getting a lot of publicity in Ireland, uh, judging from the media over there, and rightly so. 
And Bar Barnabas are quite an experienced team because when you when you look at their their pathway so far, you know they, they all have excelled at the Fela level in the CYC here in the states, and then they were many of them were also part of the. Uh, played in the competition, the British Universities competition and the Trench Cup in Ireland. So they're quite a young team, but still quite experienced. And Frank, just, just let people know how hard that is to have a, an All-American team, especially when they come into that younger years of their early 20s, uh, competing with other sports. I suppose a lot of these lads are going to yes. university. Yes, that, that's very true. Uh, there's a huge attrition rate in the minor board. Uh, once players... Uh, get to 14 or 15 because many of them go to different high schools and they, they kind of lose contact with, you, with each other and that trend accelerates as they get older. But Barnabas is that bit different because uh, first, first of all, you know, Bar the Barnabas team is, is located in a very strong Irish enclave. That's the, uh, the Woodlawn area, the McLean Avenue area and the Katona Avenue area. And the fact that they have Paddy's Field and there's a, a tremendous family and fealty orientation running through this club. And perhaps a very good example of that are the Hogan brothers. Their grandfather, Richie Handlow, was one of the founding members of the Barnabas Club in 1972. And then another man who played a major role over the years, just to kind of illustrate the family connection, was Eamon Dean. Eamon uh, played with St. Barnabas. He was chairman of the club. He was also chairman of the minor board. He won a junior league with them. Then a few years ago, his son Liam uh, won a junior uh, medal with uh, St. Barnabas. So there's a very, very strong family connection, very strong bonds in the Barnabas club. And uh, part of that has to do, as I said, being located in a very strong Irish enclave. Uh, you would be forgiven, you know, driving down McLean Avenue or Katona Avenue on any given day that you're maybe in a small town in the west of Ireland because it's not unknown or unheard of for two fellas to pull up on the middle of the street and having a chat out the window in the car, oblivious to whatever else is going on around them. So, so Barnabas are unique in that sense that they're, they're entrenched in a very strong Irish uh, enclave. Yeah, so that's the, the Bronx kind of Yonkers area. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, there's a, one man who's been on the score sheet a lot this year has been Mikey Brosnan and... Uh, his father, of course, is, uh, is chairman of the club at the moment, Frank. Would I be right? uh, yes, and he's, he's also vice uh, chairman of the minor board. And uh, I will say this about Mike Brosnan. Uh, Mike Brosnan was the best player in New York all through the 90s. As a matter of fact, he assumed that mantle from uh, a Cork man, I believe. Well, he wasn't a Cork man, but he played with Cork, played with the Rebels, and that was Larry Tompkins. Once we, Larry, we acclaim him. <laughs> yeah, yes, and rightly so, and you claimed another good man with him as well. So once, uh, once Larry returned to Ireland, uh, Mike Brosnan was definitely the top player in New York all through the 90s, and I had the, the, good, the good fortune and the pleasure of coaching him when he played with Leeds from here. And on the, on the Sligo side, I suppose we have the Johnny Glynn, of course, who's the former Galway hurler. Yes, yes, Johnny, Johnny uh, has added a huge dimension to the Sligo team, and, and not just to Sligo, but to New York in general here, he's become deeply involved in every aspect of the GAA, from coaching to managing both hurling and in football. And he's definitely a powerful asset, not just to Sligo, but also to the New York scene here. And a highly respected, a highly rated player. And he's doing tremendous work with the Sligo club. And also he was on the, uh, uh, the, the, the New York uh, County Committee this year and was involved in training them for their battle with Gala, which obviously didn't take place. 
Yeah, and uh, Peter Cook was on the score sheet as well last week. Uh, yes, uh, Peter. Peter is a very, very good talent. You know, he's a he's a former inter inter county player. And incidentally, on the first day that he played uh, with Sligo, he was their he was their man of the match, and he certainly played a critical role last Sunday because. Uh, in any of these games, uh, 45s seem to become more and more critical, and he had no problem launching a few of them over. Okay. And so that game is kicking off or throwing in, I should say, at 2 o'clock uh, Sunday, at 2 o'clock Eastern. So if you're, you are watching at home in Ireland, that would be 7 p.m. Uh, Greenwich Mean Time. So, uh, Frank, you think that Barnabas will, uh, will, will improve the most from last week, you're saying? Well, I, I think the experience will have been very valuable. As I said, they had a number of opportunities that if they had to take points and rather trying to get goals, the outcome might have been slightly different. But then again, I have to say I am a little bit biased here. I was the trainer of the Barnabas team going back seven or eight years ago when they won the Junior Championship and the Media Championship. And I've been part, as a matter of fact, of the very last team that I played with in New York about 20 years ago. So naturally, my loyalties uh, would lie with Barnes. But I also appreciate the distance that Sligo has come in the last couple of years. As I said, they were a non-factor for a lot of years. And they, they got a major rebound three years ago when they came up and won the intermediate and backed that pin up with the senior. And uh, I think that they're, they're, they're still going very well. And yeah, just... Uh the Matters brothers there, there's uh, two, two, three of them on the panel. Yeah, three of them. There are three of them featuring on the on the St. Barnabas team. And uh, their home team uh, would be the Shannon Gales. And the Shan Shannon Gales is another team that's all American-born players. And they are favourites uh, to win the Junior B Championship. And uh, aside from O'Donovan Rossa, they're the most recent team to be established in New York. And not alone that, but they have acquired their own grounds out there and they're doing tremendous work in developing it. So the, it's great to see these American-born players. It's a, it's a great validation for the minor board here and what can be done with local talent. I think over the years we have been overly dependent somewhat on Irish talent and uh, kind of like, uh, like the US being dependent on foreign oil and then when that's not available, we have to look at our own resources and I think we're going in the right direction here, uh, developing, uh, naturally we, we have development officers in hurling and football, and I think that was a great initiative by the New York GAA. And obviously we have to get more of these young people involved in other competitions, so as to give them plenty of experience. So just, just finally on the final Sunday, I just wanted to touch on those Matter Brothers again, Frank. So they play with Shannon Gales, Junior. They play with Shannon Gales, yes. And they, they draft up then to senior just That's right. The process there in New York for people that they just the players can draft up to see. Yes, well, it serves to it serves a number of purposes. Uh, first of all, it gives players the opportunity to play more football, and it also gains them very valuable experiences. And then it also helps clubs who might be having diff difficulty with numbers uh, to to stay viable and vibrant by drafting players from another club. It's, it's, a, it's a great benefit to most clubs, and especially the players. And a very good example of that are, are the, the, the three Mathers brothers. By the way, there are, I'm told there are two others that are also excellent players. So you can look forward to seeing those gentlemen down the road a little bit. Okay, so we'll move on then, Frank. So uh, after the senior football game, there's the hurling final. That's on at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 p.m. Irish time. So Hoboken there, another relatively new club, going for three in a row this year against uh, 
the former well former champions Tipperary they did the double back in 2015-2016 so Hoboken going for three in a row there to put their stamp on being the dominant, dominant force over the last couple of years um, how do you how do you how do you think that will go this will be this this will be another very close battle of course Hoboken basically had the edge and the bragging right so far they are unbeaten but when they played earlier in the year there were only two points uh, between the sides and Hoboken might have been a shade lucky because they got a late goal that clinched the issue for them and also the Hoboken team have uh, some temporary players and uh, one of the key players on the Hoboken team would be Paul Lucknan and uh, Paul would have played a lot of years with uh, Tipperary in, in New York here. Uh, they also have a, another very, very good forward. I don't know where he came from, Paul Jordan, but he's, he's absolutely lethal when, when he's on the ball. And they seem to be a very well-balanced team, you know, playing mostly at centre-half back. Uh, there's Harry O'Connor, and uh, he's a great man at driving his team forward. Now, having said that, uh, Tipperary uh, are, are in the final, and uh, one player who has certainly... Very impressive statistics this year is Michael Sheedy up front. And uh, they have also got a very well-balanced team. Uh, Liam O'Connor at the back and they have Ross Butler and Kevin Butland all and John O'Neill and Liam O'Donovan all playing critical roles. So I think this will be a close, very close contest. But I think that uh, Hoboken will just get over the line. Yeah. So Hoboken is over New Jersey there, Frank. So there's a big Irish contingency over in over living over in Hoboken. So and they're a relatively new club as well, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. They're 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 only a few years in the system. But then again, as I said, some of their players uh, have been played with Tipperary already, and of interest will be the Glins. Uh, Brian Glynn uh, plays uh, with Hoboken. He will be playing in the football. And I'm not too sure about Johnny, whether Johnny will be playing hurling or not, but he'll definitely uh, be playing football. So uh, it'll be double duty uh, for the for the Glynn brothers on uh, Sunday. Uh, playing with Hoboken and also Johnny with isn't, Johnny isn't uh, playing with them anyway uh, this Sunday. Johnny, uh, Johnny didn't transfer over. Okay, season. okay. Yes, yes. There, there, there might have been some... Uh, administrative issues which is transfer yeah. or whatever so he's not playing okay okay thank you for that and so um so frank that's going on so the the senior championship this year um there of course was westmead as well uh and so did the, the so what's happening did, could you just explain the system this year frank that there was a senior final and those who finished in the semis are playing in the the junior final sunday that's correct so the the, the junior final on sunday uh will have ulster uh, against Westmead. Uh, Westmead beat Limerick last Sunday in Hurling, just about had a couple of points to spare at the end. And uh, Westmead would be recognized as a, a fairly serious hurling uh, team in this uh, town. Now, what is interesting about the Limerick team, at least seven or maybe eight of them were all American born players, including some of the players who had already played in the final uh, against Sligo. That included Mikey Brosnan and Gerard Kennedy, two wonderful wing forwards in Gaelic, but also quite good with the Hurley. Plus, there were a number of, of other players uh, playing with Limerick that had uh, would have starred with the with the Rangers over the years, and especially this year. Uh, Westmead managed to, to pull out a victory. Uh, it was a huge score, but one man scored 413, Jer McPartland for Westmead. 
So I would imagine that the uh, Ulster gentleman would be keeping a very close eye on him, and I wouldn't be surprised if he sees a little bit of timber on Sunday because he certainly <laughs> won't. <laughs> or for, I, I, I'm... I posed this question in the paper during the week whether 413 was a record for an individual player. Uh, Ulster has a pretty solid outfit. Uh, they have a couple of very, very good players and also a few uh, American-born players on the team. Uh, one gentleman who caught my eye early on in the season was a Steve McNamee. Uh, he's a fairly prolific scorer and also another gentleman up front, Ushing Wendell. And... Uh, of course, they have the McFetridge uh, and uh, Brian McNaughton. Those are serious hurlers that have been around quite a while. And there's also a, a noted footballer in the ranks. That's Peter Hatzer, who's uh, a very good footballer, but also quite a good hurler. So uh, I would be favouring Ulster in this one. Uh, and the main reason being because uh, Westmead tend to over-rely on Jeremy McPartland even though they have some other very good hurlers in Ulton O'Connor and Josh Dennehy mm. and uh, Jack Martin. But uh, I give the nod to uh, Ulster uh, to take the junior title this year. And Westmead are quite a strong club here in New York. Uh, uh, yes, Westmead. Three. Yeah, three teams. Yes, yes. Uh, Tom Nugent is quite proud of that fact that uh, they, they, they host three teams. But uh, perhaps there should be a little asterisk put next to it because they're combined with Offaly in junior. Did I, did I see Mike Stones uh, talking out there last week? Yes, well, Mike was always kind of tagged out, ready for the cause, if needed. <laughs> Which, uh, and, of course, his son is, 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 is playing for Westmead as well. So you've you got to give them credit you know, for putting three teams on the field. Yeah, so that, that's the first game uh, uh, throwing in Sunday at 12.30. That will be live-streamed. All three games, again, are being live-streamed on yeah. the URGA Facebook page. That's, that's starting at 12.30. Uh, Eastern time, so that would be five thirty at home in Ireland. And just uh, touching back on the on the senior hurling, Frank. So, um, your your shout there again was Hoboken to complete the three in a row. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, maybe that might be a dangerous proposition because I frequently meet some temporary people around the neighbourhood. But anyway, I'll stick yeah. with it. Okay, perfect. And so, Frank, uh, of course. We're at the business end of the season um, this weekend, but not the end of the season by any shot. We still have the junior football championships to be played off, the junior A and junior B. That's so correct, yeah, yeah. I think the junior B final is done for Sunday weekend. Maybe the junior A final is done for the weekend after, the weekend of the October the 11th. So how has the, the junior been going? Well, the the, um, the most impressive team in the, in the junior B is certainly Shannon Gales. And... Um, they, they have obliterated most teams that they have met so far. Uh, so they're kind of strong favorites to win it. Now, the Junior A has also been very competitive. And Kerry seem to have made a late run at it. They have assembled quite uh, a formidable team. Uh, they got some players back that they didn't have early on in the season, including, uh, uh, I don't forget his first name, Colhan, who was on the New York team, a wonderful athlete, and uh, up, up front, uh, they, they got some lethal weapons, it, it's, it's especially especially the, the, the down man, and uh, also yes, Madunu, who was captain of the New York team last year. So yes, been a, uh, Gary Gary O'Driscoll also seemed to have regained his form that 
won a place on the Kerry team a good many years ago. And of course, Gary also won a New York Senior Championship with Leitrim going back eight or nine years ago when he was man of the match here. So uh, they're looking pretty sharp at the moment. So there's eight, eight, eight teams there in the junior football, Frank, and is a four go forward into the semis? Correct. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Perfect. So that's, and now, of course, the ladies' football is in high gear as well. Have you been, uh, been to many lady football get, ladies? Yeah, yes, well, I have an assignment this evening. Or have you been in the middle with the whistle? Yes, I have been. I have been. I refereed a game last weekend up in, up in, uh, in Rockland. Uh, and I'm heading up there this evening later on to referee another game. And uh, I don't know what stage the competition is at yet because they've also been playing games out in... Uh, the new field in Queens. Okay. So, but no, but it's up, it's up, it's up and running, and uh, they're they have a smaller teams. They're feeling smaller teams. They're feeling eleven aside, and they're playing twenty minute halves. Yeah. Well, it's it's fantastic that we got something up and running anyway. Absolutely, the, yes. The and, uh, I I think it was absolutely wonderful uh, looking at the New York GA this year that given the the circumstances that they were able to pack so many games into such a short period of time. And, uh, that now, and now we're right down to the wire with the finals. And on Sunday, I just want to mention, and I know there, there, you already alluded to it, there is concern uh, about uh, the crowd. And I'm being told that uh, the New York GA will have extra stewards to encourage people to sit uh, at all ends of the uh, field and not just congregate around the centre. And that will kind of uh, you know, dissipate okay. the crowd a little bit and help the situation. Yeah, we've been, there's an expansive stand there anyway. Yes. There's a bit of yes. there, so hopefully uh, people who people can enjoy it safely and we get, we're in store for a, a good feast of uh, GA action this Sunday. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Perfect, Frank. Thanks so much, Frank. You're yeah, welcome. Touch base again in a couple of weeks for a, for a review and I'll see you Sunday. <laughs> All right, Mike. Take okay. care. All Thanks, right. Frank. Bye. Bye. And that's all for this week's podcast. Don't forget to check out some of our previous GA podcasts with Cork football legend Larry Tompkins, Dublin footballer Jack McCaffrey, former Galway hurler Johnny Glynn, and former Kerry County board chairman Pat DeBag O'Sullivan on his thoughts on the New York GA scene. Keep up to date with the latest New York Championship match reports by buying a copy of the Irish Voice or Irish Echo or else log on to irishcentral.com. And don't forget to give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Long Haul Podcast. My dear Annie, oh, you New York girls, can you dance the polka? And when we got to Bleecker Street, we stopped at 44. Our mother and her sisters there to meet her at the door to me away. You Santi, my dear Annie, oh, you New York girls, can you dance the